Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen? And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 60, and tonight, I'm back in the U.S., back in the U.S., I'm back in the USSR, and you know how lucky you are, because I am going to read the Chernobyl Diaries, and it's so bad, I'm spoiling the shit out of it. But you know what? I've got an accomplice. I've got a secret guest to help me through the dark times. And I hope you like it. Because if you don't like it, too bad. We've been in the hospital for two weeks. You'll find out all the dirt about that right after this promo. Greetings from the cockpit, everyone. This is the host and captain of the Satersphere podcast with a special message just for you. I'm Sater69. And I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you. <laughs> the Satersphere podcast is the personal musings of a dirty old goat, namely me. Expect talk about theater, role-playing games, hockey, and my best friend down below, the Impaler. Also, join Patrick for his favorite segment, the Mystery Music. There's a lot of scary shit on Broadway, trust me. So hopefully we'll hear you soon at the Seder Sphere. Until then, this is the Seder. Over and out. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Scream Queens. I am so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you're here because you know what I have to say this week? Fuck May. Fuck the entire month of May. This month has been redonkulous over here at Scream Queens headquarters. From start to finish, I mean, granted, it was my birthday month. It was Bradford's birthday month. That part's been great. You know, I had a show that ran that was a hit. That was great. And then there was the second half. There's been everything since then, which has been dog shit on a plate. And so between the really high highs... Of the beginning of the month and the really low lows of the rest of the month. Fuck me. You're playing with my head, you bipolar bitch. Thank you very much. So, my God, what's been happening? Why is Patrick so angry? Well, I'll tell you and stop talking in that weird high voice. Okay. First of all, I should have known things were changing. Because I had a dream. Somewhere around the 14th or so. It was I, Looking back, I guess it was a kind of a premonition. Because I had this dream where I was doing this weird children's production children's theater production and I was playing Tom Sawyer in it whether the show was Tom Sawyer or not I don't know but I was playing Tom Sawyer in this children's theater production which for some reason was inexplicably being performed on roller skates and the overture was already playing and I could not find my costume and everyone was telling me it's down in the basement you have to go downstairs and I was trying to go downstairs in my roller skates Several thousand flights of stairs down to the basement to get my costume to be Tom Sawyer in this children's theater production that was inexplicably being performed on roller skates. Okay, really, there was no sense of premonition in any, in any of that, but you know what? I just should have known. And you know what? I think more shows should be performed on roller skates for absolutely no reason. Think about it. 
Les Miserables on roller skates. No reason. Nobody even mentions them. Inherit the wind. Roller skates. Shakespeare doesn't count because Shakespeare's been done every fucking way possible, you know, on trapezes and, you know, on, 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 on the moon. So, you know, you could do Shakespeare on roller skates and nobody's going to care. But you do something really fucked up and normal or serious like, you know, 12 angry men on skates or anything like that. Or, or, or you know, this one's for Betty. Skating for Godot. But anyway, I'm off the point. This dream was a warning. This dream was to say, roll your ass out of there, Patrick, because shit's about to get weird. And it started at the closing weekend of my show. And actually, since I've already recorded a segment with my special guest, I talk about what happened. I talk about what happened at the line through before the final performance of my show. That should have been a warning, a second warning to turn back, run, go on vacation, get out of town. Because at that, per- that very performance, Patrick, me, your humble host, was sent to the hospital. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Because I was gesticulating too hard. Dun, dun, dun. What the hell does that mean? Well, there's a certain point in the show where I have to make this point, and normally I slam my hand down on this sofa that I'm supposed to be sitting on. But since this is an equity-approved workshop, I didn't get a sofa. I got a bunch of chairs pushed together with a fucking quilt thrown over it. So, I have three chairs pushed together, so lying down on it is a real pain in the ass. So, I smacked to make my point, and I said, he waits! We all wait, which is what I'm supposed to say. But I put my hand down, and I said, he waits! Slammed my hand down, and I slammed it on the point of one of the chairs. You know, like the interior point, and the point just went right through the center of my palm. Didn't break the skin or anything, but it hurt like hell. And as soon as it happened, I felt this zzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
And he was the one that suggested the NYU hospital. So apparently he's there waiting for me. He's like, where the hell are you? I'm like, I'm here. I'm at the hospital. He's like, no, you're not. And I looked around. I'm like, yeah, I'm at Bellevue. He's like, what the fuck are you doing at Bellevue? Now, Bellevue, you might have heard of, even if you don't live anywhere here, near here, because every cop drama from the 70s, they're always sending the crazy people off to Bellevue. This was the mental hospital and prison and holding area. And so that's why everybody in this particular emergency room was crazy. Now, some of you might say you should be well at home. So fuck you. Fuck you. That's not the point. So I walked over to NYU, which is only three blocks away. And these were full of normal people, which was nice. I got fast-tracked. I got through. But, of course, I'm feeling like an idiot because at this point, my hand is fine. I'm only here for union reasons. And, you know, there's somebody with an axe in their head and somebody else is trying to, like, pull their intestines back in. And I'm sitting there getting fast-tracked going, I hurt my hand. My hand hurts. Ow. So I have to get x-rays. And, of course, it's nothing. And so now it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you know, I should have just shut my damn mouth. Never mentioned I did anything. But I did. So that sucked. So the next night, a friend of mine from the chorus, the illustrious Bobby Wolf, he works at the Roundabout Theater Company, which is, never mind, you know, it's a big deal. And they were premiering some new show, and he always gets his free tickets when he can. So we were seeing the show called The Common Pursuit. Now, we, Bradford was complaining of back pain earlier that day, so we spent a lot of the day in bed again. So we go, and we go to McDonald's, and he's eating some candy, and he got a McFlurry. And as he's finishing the McFlurry, with a big smile, he turns to me and says, you know what? I think sometime during this performance, I'm going to have to take an enormous crap. I'm like, well, thank you for sharing. So he got to the theater. He went into the bathroom beforehand. He's like, nope, no success. But as soon as we sat down, he started being like, oh, God, I hurt. I hurt. Oh, and he's burping, these weird smelly burps. And so for all of the first act, he's squirming and crying and burping. And he's really clearly in a lot of pain. And I'm thinking he has to poop. I'm like, just go poop. He said, I can't. We're all the way in the middle of the road. I don't want to disturb everybody. I'm like, stop being Southern and go poop. And he said, well, I'm just going to go home at intermission, but I want you to stay. I'm like, oh, okay, I want you to stay. I'm on his, I, there's really no reason for me to stay because I have no idea what's going on in this play at all because I've been more concerned about you and being mortified at this behavior. I am mortified. I'm like, for God's sake, just poop. So Bradford left at intermission, and I am just pissed i'm just like i can't believe he ruined this whole night because he just didn't poop i mean nobody forced him to eat that bag of candy and the mcflurries and a box of donuts before we left the house god damn it would it kill you to have an apple sometime and as i'm walking out of the theater into the lobby to get myself a beverage i walk past a guy and all of a sudden i thought that was kevin bacon and indeed it was. And the thing that was funny about this particular sighting of Kevin Bacon was that he was dressed like a homeless person. He was dressed like somebody I saw at Bellevue, except he wasn't drawing on the wall with his own feces at the time. Maybe he was earlier. I don't know. He was dressed like a homeless person and was walking around with this crazy look in his eye. And I sort of get this. You know, celebrities sometimes have to do this on the street. And that makes sense. If you dress like a hobo, nobody's going to look at you. They're going to actively not see you. However, you're in a theater right now. You're calling a hell of a lot of attention to yourself, Mr. Bacon. Everybody knew you were there. And the thing is, I thought, my God, I wish I was sitting next to him or near him or anywhere in his vicinity so I could pester the living hell out of him. I had two options. The first one, I I would just talk about Friday the 13th nonstop. 
up and I pester him or maybe I wouldn't pester him. Maybe I just talk about it a lot. I don't know, but I know he hates talking about it. So I figured I'd just keep rattling on and on and on about it and like pretend like he's not there at all. Perhaps or I would confront him directly. Now this is total fantasy because I would never actually do this. I would go up to him and say, "Excuse me. Why where have I seen your penis?" And he would say, I beg your pardon. I'd say, listen, I never forget a face and I never forget a penis. And I recognize that face. And in my mind, I have attached that face to a penis. Therefore, I have seen your penis. Now, where was it? I want an explanation. I don't know why I would do any of this. But besides the fact, I watched the rest of the show, did not have any idea what was going on. And so the whole night has been pissy for me. And then I got home and turns out he was really sick. But it turns out Bradford did not have to poop because sometime around midnight that night, I called 911 because the pains had gotten worse and he was screaming and crying. So we took him to the hospital and it turns out he's got gallstones, da da da, and his gallbladder has to come out. And, you know, I'm trying to make this as quickly, quick as possible, but that was just the beginning of our hospital because they sent him home. They sent him home at 6 o'clock in the morning. If you feel, if you start to feel bad again, come back. And guess what? After about two hours, he started to feel really bad again. So we're like, okay, let's go to the hospital where your doctor is. We took him to Beth Israel, and then he was there for the next three days before anybody looked at him. But eventually, everything worked out fine. He's home. He's recovering. He's very high most of the time, so he's very happy. You know, he's happiest when he's unconscious, just just, just like Eddie on FM. And um, it was nuts. But here's some of the funny things that happened along the way. The thing is, when I got home from the theater, I still was just... I bought him Pepto-Bismol, I'm giving him ginger tea, you know, doing everything I can to soothe his stomach, and I'm seeing this is going to be a really paranoid night, because bless Bradford's heart, he gets paranoid about things, and his paranoia actually makes whatever pain he's in worse. So, I'm thinking it's going to be one of these. So, before I go to bed, I take an Ambien. This is before I realize that this is not going to get any better. And about a half an hour after I take the amb- Ambien is when I call the ambulance. So when the ambulance arrives, I'm kind of like, and so the ENT, we're we're, we're being taken to the hospital, and the ENT is asking questions, and this is where it's really starting to go, and I'm listening to him asking questions, and I caught myself several times starting to answer the questions as if they had, if as if they were addressed to me. The guy asked Bradford, he's like, "So have you had any other surgeries?" And Bradford says, "Oh yes, I've had my hernia." I had two several hernia surgeries, and I started to chime in with, I've had surgeries, I had my appendix out, but it came out, I have, and then I stopped myself. So he looked at me like, are you okay? I'm like, yes. It happened several more times, like, Patrick, get a hold of yourself. And so, of course, at the hospital, most of the time, we sit sitting around doing nothing. And, of course, what do we do when we sit around doing nothing? Now that he's on morphine, we can make fun of the other patients. And next to us, there was this poor girl. This poor girl, from what I understand, had gotten stabbed in the head. Some, some car pulled up on the street and somebody jumped out and stabbed her in the head. Or something like that. So she had this elaborate bandage on top of her head. And her name was Mary. But then Brad remembers this prophetic dream that he had. He's like, oh, because he's on morphine now. He's like, oh, this is just like that dream that I had. I had a dream last week that I was that Mary, you know, that you see in the half clamshell. You know, the Virgin Mary. You see on people's lawns. I dreamt that that was that Mary. I was that Mary. 
But some time along the way, I lost the top half of my shell. So instead, now I just got like a half a half shell. So I turned it into a cocktail bar. So yeah, so Bradford's dream of being Mary on the half shell, opening a Mary on the quarter shell cocktail bar, was somehow prophetic of Mary stabbed in the head in the, in the slot next to us. <laughs> so see, two dreams. We had, we were warned. We were warned that this was coming. And this really isn't funny either, but I just have to include this just to show you how awful my mind is. Now we're over Beth Israel. He's had, he's been admitted. I had to finagle my way to get into the hospital around visiting hours because the guards are being douchebags. And I finally got in. I'm looking around for his wing because this place is huge. And just as I find his room, the guy next door to him pops out of his room. And I don't have my glasses on. And... This guy popped out, and bless his heart, the first thing that happened was my breath went, <gasps> and my brain said, Voldemort. I hate to say it. This is what this guy looked like. He was bald. He was pasty white. His eyes were sunken and black, and something had been done to his nose. He'd had some surgery around his nose because his nose was like this teeny, tiny little nose. It was th- this minuscule nose, baby nose on a giant face, and it looked like he had no nose. Bradford, back me up here. Kind of looked like it had been pushed into his hole. Pushed into his face. If you didn't hear that, it kind of sounded like it got pushed into his whole face. And then it turned out that guy was an annoying piece of shit, so I don't feel bad about making fun of him, but clearly he had been through something. But that poor guy, yeah, Bradford had a share room with this guy who was very nice, who actually, actually, his doctor that did the surgery on him is my proctologist. Remember Dr. McLovin, who I talked about last time, but we're not going to get into that this time. But anyway, this poor guy, he had some kind of colon surgery, his colon cancer. Again, it's not funny, except for the fact that he kept shitting the bed every five minutes. You know, poor Bradford sitting here... And he's so happy because Bradford, the whole time, this is this is like Friday afternoon now. So Bradford has not had anything of substance to eat since Tuesday night. And he's really suffering. He's like, oh, oh, oh they might be bringing me food soon. <laughs> oh, God. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to be all positive. And, like, this guy just literally kept shitting the bed every five minutes. Oh, God. The, the poor orderly would come in, change the bed. She'd be gone for three seconds. <laughs> oh, God. He must have gone through 30 sheets a day. 30 sheets a day, says Bradford. And I mean, I was really embarrassed to do this, but I'm like, sorry, honey, you're on your own. I gotta go. I can't take this anymore. You have morphine. I have nothing. So, this is how it's been. I've been really tired. And really strung out, and so I have not gotten to see a whole heck of a lot. Well, actually, I have seen a whole heck of a lot, but I haven't had time to sit down and record a heck of a lot. But as a result, I want to tell you about two things that I watched or tried to watch. The first thing was um, I was planning – I am planning on doing a, a segment on uh, uh, The Nightmare Closet, which, of course, is where I go back and revisit things that scared the crap out of me as a child. And this movie is called The House of Seven Corpses. It's got John Carradine in it and John Ireland and. I don't remember a damn thing about it except it's a movie crew in in this creepy old house. But I do know that the opening credits scared me so bad I didn't sleep for a week. And I saw them this time and I got through them and I said, yep, that'd be why. Still freaking me out. But the thing is, I could not get through this movie. This was Friday night. Bradford's in the hospital. I'm exhausted. I, I might have had some tequila. And I'm curled up with the cat watching this. And at a certain point, I just said, I don't think I can do this tonight. 
it was not sitting well with me. Not necessarily scaring me, but what was being foreshadowed, I didn't like. Because, they, like I said, they're filming this movie about Satanism, and there's this the prop painting fiery background with a, with a screaming cat head that's been impaled on this uh, pitchfork. And then the woman who's in that scene, she has a cat. She has an actual cat, and she keeps talking about the painting, and her cat disappeared in the movie, and I just started to get the feeling that the cat was going to wind up on some gigantic barbecue fort, and I just said, I don't want to see this tonight. So I pushed out. I admit it. I pushed out. But I'll talk about that again on The Nightmare Closet someday. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is a movie called The Echo, which I got from Netflix, and it it had been on my queue for so long that I don't remember ordering it. This was really, really quite good. It's um, it's um, it's a modern ghost story. It turns out it's an Asian remake of a movie I never heard of, and I didn't know it until it was over. So don't let that influence your judgment. And there's really nothing new here. This guy moves into, gets out of prison. He moves into his dead mother's apartment, and weird things start to happen. But what I did enjoy about this, the performances are really strong. It's got this somber tone to it, but it's got a lot of elements from other movies. Um, it has a strong Roman Polanski feel. It's got uh elements from The Tenant and from Repulsion and Rosemary's Baby in that, you know, there's people across the, uh, the building across the way. He keeps seeing figures just staring in the window, staring at the window at him, like in The Tenant. And it's an apartment building, so he's kind of also, in, in between the weird noises he's hearing, he's hearing the sounds from around the building, and you're never sure which is which, like Repulsion. And Rosemary's Baby, there's a closet that's not a closet, you know, like Rosemary's Baby. But it also had an element of the grudge to it because this haunting was infectious. Everybody who gets comes in contact with it, it follows them home. And I was very surprised when it borrowed something from real life, uh, some New York history, some bad New York history, as uh, a certain plot element bore a strong resemblance to the infamous case of the Kitty Genovese murder. Now, Kitty Genovese, uh, it was a case back in the 60s. This, this young woman was attacked, raped, and stabbed to death right outside her apartment building, and she screamed and screamed and screamed for for an hour or, or an extremely long time, and it turns out ton, dozens of neighbors heard the screams, heard her crying that she'd been stabbed and pleading for her life, and nobody called the police. Not a single person helped this girl, and... It's one of those black spots on New York history. And it was incorporated very nicely into the movie. Subtly. Subtly. But even though it t- borrowed from all these movies, it was original. And it, it, it came, it, everything came out in, a, in an original way. It just kind of, it was a true homage rather than a ripoff. So The Echo, I recommend it. A decent ghost story. If you don't like ghost stories, don't bother. Because I know some people don't like them because it doesn't reinvent the ghost story. But um, I liked it. In, in a time of crisis, it was a good thing to watch. And, um, you know, I think I've been talking for a really long time. So I think it's time for me to get my special guest and get this party started with the Chernobyl Diaries right after this crazy musical interlude. Yay! Oh, wait, I almost forgot. Oh, hey, you guys remember my special guest, Homer Mars? He was that cute, cubby, cuddly, talented, red-headed comedian songwriter dude who guested on episode 51 i believe and came on to talk about warlock and share that song with us that he wrote about julian sands well he mentioned that he had an ep coming out soon well it's out and i am here to pimp the shit out of it the album is called prom king and the artist is of course homer mars and that's m-a-r-r-s so if you google that i'm sure it will take you there but 
There will be a link to the page in the show notes, and I believe it's a pay-what-you-can situation, so go over there and do pay something, you bastards. And to tease you all, here's a cut from the album that you have not heard previously. Here's a little taste of Bear 411. It's Friday night, and I just got home. My partner's gone, so I'm all alone. I'm in the mood for having some fun, so I'm signing in. To bear form one one, the men are large and covered in hair, and instead of fat, we call ourselves bears, and it makes us feel all manly and stuff, and instead of high, we just say woof. Bear411.com is so good for my self-esteem. No skinny bitches to tell me to put down the ice cream No little trannies to tell me my sweatpants are uncool I know I said we're going to Moscow. Yeah. You guys ever heard of Chernobyl? Yeah. That's where the nuclear disaster happened. Yes. Have you heard of extreme tourism? You're incredible. Who's coming with Paul to Chernobyl? Chernobyl. This place was abandoned overnight. They had no time to take anything. Factories, schools, stores, apartments, everything's still there. There is Pripyat. Home to the workers and families of Chernobyl. Reactor number four, where the disaster happened. Is it safe? I have Geiger counter to let us know if the radiation levels are high. Tell me if you see something moving in water. Anybody else have a story like this? We should go now. It's going to get dark soon. The virus has been destroyed. Yeah, you hear that? It sounds like a baby. Are you sure we're out here alone? Oh my god. Go, 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 go! Was that an animal? It was something else. Come on, come on. Where are we going? Come on! We need to find them. If we go back here. I know it's not. We probably can tell them that we have to go back. No, we have to go. No, we have to go. Hello? They're following us. They're not following us. They're hunting us. Okay, so our main feature this week, we're actually going to a new release, something that's in the theaters right now. And the movie is The Chernobyl Diaries. But, you know, 
this sort of thing, this kind of big event, it's really kind of boring to do it by myself, you know, sit in a movie theater and be that guy. So I called a friend. Or rather, a friend called me. So, mystery guest, could you give us a clue to your identity? <sighs> Patrick, I am your father. <sighs> no, not really. I'm just, I'm just Sater 69 from you the You are Sater totally Sater. I got nothing. Wow, you went with the Darth Vader. You <laughs> nerd. I'm a total nerd. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Scott the Sater. I'd like to thank the Academy and the Tony Voting Committee for this award. Oh, yeah. You're not getting an award for this, baby. Sorry. You are not getting an award for this. We got to talk. Because do you remember Do you remember when you were on discussing the fan? Yeah, we you forgot a lie, didn't we? We forgot to mention a great line in that movie. We did. We did forget to mention about the ever imagined one is like to get fucked by me, Cleaver, or whatever the hell it was. But you know what? That moment's gone now. Don't distract me because you're in trouble. I'm sorry. Do you remember what you said to me when I asked you? Did you have any thoughts about the fan? Ask me what. Did you when I asked you? So, what did you think about the fan? And you said it made me wonder why do you hate me so much? Now and now the tables are turned. The tables are turned because I got a text from Scott last night going, "Ooh, ooh, are you going to talk about the Chernobyl Diaries? Because if you are, then I'm going to talk about it with you." Well, because I rarely get to see a movie the same time you do. Well, I oftentimes Mm. I have to pause the podcast till I see the movie because I don't want any spoilers or anything. But this is one of the few times that I'd actually seen a scary movie. Uh, we went on a Thursday night midnight movie because I just love anything paranormal activity. But I, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah. This was not good. Well, actually, I call it very mediocre. It it wasn't that it was the best movie. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It was very mediocre. Well, Scott, before we get on to that, why don't you tell us what it's about? What happens in this movie? Well, first of all, I went thinking it was going to be another found footage movie. I love well, found footage movies. I have to agree because just the title alone suggests that diaries. Yeah, this yeah, is nobody's the, diary. Hello, dear Putin. It's been three years since I blew up. You haven't been around. Why don't you call? You know, that's what I was expecting. Something, yes. Dear diary. <laughs> You'll never Still believe what happened to me in Gulag today. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you love Siberia more than me? <laughs> but uh, so I was going expecting a found footage movie, and it's not. They 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 tease you right at the beginning, making you think it's going to be. No, it's just video footage of their vacation. Yeah. And, and then and then it turns out to be a movie movie. Yeah. And then there's one small found footage segment in the movie. However, the whole movie's still filmed like it's a found yeah. footage movie, so you get all the seasickness. <laughs> And See, that doesn't happen to me. I don't get the seasickness. I don't get it either, but I know lots of people do. So I, yeah. I was already saying, yeah, people are going to be bitching about this. But yeah. you get all the seasickness and you get all the dizziness, but without any of the intimacy that the found footage tends to give you with the characters being filmed. Exactly. Because I didn't give a shit about any of these assholes. Well, I have to tell you, uh, like I said, I went to a midnight movie. And the minute the younger brother brought out the proposal, the engagement ring. Mm. Everyone in the theater goes, oh, he's going to die. He's of course gonna he's going to die. If he's going to, yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. Don't try to force me to like a character and feel sorry for them. It, it just tells me he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we got off track. What's the movie about? 
So it's about a uh, group of Americans who are visiting uh, one of their brothers. And the brother, instead of going to Moscow, finds this extreme tourism Mm -hmm. that will take them to uh, the outskirts of Chernobyl, where the nuclear disaster happened. Yes. And so they go and they meet this... The, my favorite actor in the film, this big, burly Russian guy. <laughs> he was great. He was You he was totally believed grace. he was ex-military. You mm-hmm. really believed it. Yuri, I am Yuri. Yuri. Get in my creepy van. <laughs> and the minute you saw the van, you know, they're going to die. Uh-huh. And then they meet up with these two other tourists who are random victims one and two. Yes, yes. Fleshing out the and body count. Where was the guy from? Australia. See, I couldn't even place his well, he accent. Kept, he kept saying, oi, 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 oi. And when I looked it up, I saw that this actor is Nathan Phillips, who was in, who was the guy, the one guy who was in Wolf Creek. I haven't seen Wolf Creek. Is that the one about the, all the wolves around? No, no, that's around the, the creek. Movie. Yes. What's your porn movie? That would be Wolf Crack. Anyway, so they <laughs> get the wolves they get, and they were in a canoe. Yeah. Okay, so a quick recap of all these characters. You got Yuri, the tour guide. You got the douche whose fault everything is. You've got the chick he wants to bang. There's his little brother, the romantic couple. There's the little brother and Tits McGee, his girlfriend. And finally, you got the two other people. You got the Australian guy with the gross beard who's a douchebag that he can't understand. And his girlfriend who looks like a strung out Amy Poehler on crack. What a happy bunch. They get to this city where all the workers lived, and uh, things start happening, the small scares left and right, the creepy moments. And then, of course, eventually they uh, – and honestly, during the first quarter of the movie, the best scare in the whole movie, but we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. And then, and then they get back to that creepy old van, and oh, look, it's been sabotaged. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. So um, then all hell breaks loose from that point. See, um, aside from these characters being unlikable, it, I have a problem with this kind of a movie, with this particular setup. You know, I, I always feel a little queasy about horror or really any kind of fiction that's exploiting real-life suffering, real-life pain. Well, I, you know, I can understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, it wasn't really exploiting anybody's real pain. It yeah. was just taking a thing in history and and mm-hmm. using it as a jumping point. But it just made me hate them more because they got there and they behaved like the people I see at Ground Zero that make me want to strangle them. Oh, okay. Lots of high-fiving and, yeah, awesome, bro, and let's take a picture in front of this, you know, horrible relic of that, you know, the... The the that if they were in this little kitty park. No, it was a, it was a carnival that was being set up when everything was evacuated. So there's like bumper cars still strewn around and a Ferris wheel. It's the uh, dilapidated, dilapidated, and everything. And they take a picture in front of it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Hello, this is Patrick from the future. Yes, I'm editing in something here because I realized after the fact that this movie made me recognize a new horror movie cliche or trope or whatever you want to call it, similar to my, you know, the do- the, the dad principle, the dog always dies, or the this one bitch movie. This is the group photo of Doom. I found in a lot of modern films, it started with, the first time I really noticed it was with The Descent. Anytime... A group of characters takes a group photo, all happy and smiling. The photo just fills the screen for a minute in a freeze frame. 
Like, look at all the happy people about to die. Whenever that happens, whenever you have a group photo of the entire cast smiling and happy, freeze-framed in black and white, every single person in that photo is going to die. That's just the way it is. That is what they do every time. I can't give you a list of the movies that I've seen it in because I don't want to start spoiling things, but you just start paying attention. You learn from daddy. You learn from daddy. And beware the group photo of doom. We now return you to Patrick from the present time. Fuck well, you one cut, and I, I will give the filmmaker uh, kudos for this. This, I guess this was filmed in Budapest, but they totally recreated those pictures you've seen. Of oh, this did they? City. Oh, because I was concerned about that. All right, good to know. Uh, th- this was filmed in Budapest, but I'm like, holy crap, they've done a really good job of making it look – many people have seen pictures of this. It city. looks it's like everyone. dump. We make look like dump. Exactly, and I'm like, wow. You wouldn't know that it wasn't actually filmed there. It's just <laughs> badass. Probably the actual city they filmed in looked just like it except they brought in a Ferris wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Ray painted um, spade on it. Gets gets him rustnolio. The only thing that gave him a little bit of a saving grace was there was the scene where they were on the balcony in that apartment building, and the reactors were in the background, and the romantic we're getting engaged couple were taking the romantic pictures in front of it, and just being so obnoxious, like, "Yeah, this picture's like a metaphor. I'm exploding with love for you." And Yuri just took a couple of steps away from them, and you just saw in his expression is like, "I fucking hate these people." Well, I was actually shocked. I thought we were going to find out that one of the apartments was his. Okay. I, thought I was kind of confused up. about him because his office, I don't know if you noticed, like everything in his office was in English. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Everything yes. was in English. Like you are an, <laughs> you own a business in Russia and everything's in English. Okay. Yep. Well, I know who, who you're catering to, but. Americans, stupid, dumb Americans. But my other problem with the film was that it kept setting stuff up and it never fleshed anything out. It would introduce something, and it wouldn't go there. Well, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we let let's start with the whole the whole creepy lake thing. Oh yes, with the there's a mutated Three dead fish. fish. And an itty bitty fools thing. And boom, he throws him. Did him, did him, chew. A boom, boom, <laughs> and they swam, and they swam right over the dam. I'm done now. But they show a brief moment of these figures, these fish in the water. And it briefly comes back later when they fall in the water and somebody gets bit, but he just gets bit. You know, the fish don't uh, piranha him or anything. Yeah, I was, I was kind of expecting that to go somewhere as well. Like, they, they showed these nice mutant fish. They were scary. Like, the dead one was scary. And then you see that there's some of them still alive. And then later then when somebody falls in the lake and gets bit, and you're like, oh, he's going to start mutating. No. Oh, I thought he was going to get piranha I thought they were going to Well, I figured that's when he didn't get piranha when he came out and had been bitten. I'm like, oh, something's going to happen with that wound, like the girl who explodes in um... uh, Cloverfield. Exactly. Nope. 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 Not at all. That's dead end number one. Uh, we have the packs of wild dogs, but I thought that was pretty much explained and contained. Yeah, they just so, but it, they didn't go. They, didn't, they just stopped that as well. Like, I actually would have been happy if it was that was the whole movie. Was just a wild animal? Fucking rabid dogs. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been fine. But they kept diluting it with other things. Yeah, they were – they were once they get trapped there overnight because, you know, they go back to the van to leave after being attacked by another wild animal in a scene that was, you know, really hard to bear. <laughs> uh, I thought it was very Shakespearean. Uh, yes, exactly. It was very Shakespearean. 
and <laughs> followed by her. <laughs> I didn't even want to, I might, might as well spoil it. There's a bear. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're walking through the apartments and they hear his noise. This is early on in the movie. They're walking through these apartments and they're hearing, you know, crunching noises. And Yuri goes to investigate. Next thing you know, they're just getting charged by this huge-ass bear. Well, first of all, if you're a fan of paranormal activity movies, Yuri goes around the corner and he does that that 10-second wait before something happens. And I'm fully expecting to see Yuri's body go flying across the hallway. Or something, yes. That's what I'm expecting to see. And all of a sudden, no, bear. Jesus Christ, it's a bear. Random. <laughs> but the entire movie theater screamed like little bitches, myself included. It was my, it was my favorite moment of the whole movie. I yeah. just loved that. Yeah, but it was a cheap shock. It was over and it was done. Yes, yes, it was. I, I, I agree it was a cheap one. But, you know, you just made me think of something because they kept talking about how nature has claimed this place. Yeah. You know, they say that over and over. Over and, and over. And you're right. If it had just been a movie about mutated wildlife taking back over it would have been a badass movie yeah but no now they have to bring in radioactive cannibalistic mutants i used to love and, that i used to love that band back in the yeah, 80s yeah, yeah. radioactive <laughs> cannibalistic mutants radioactive <laughs> i was such a big fan of them in the 80s oh i, know, God. I, I would I, be out around i'll be popping I, and locking like nobody's business I, I have to admit, I was a groupie, and I, I would give head. I wouldn't let them give me head because they were cannibalistic, but, you know. Yeah, and radioactive. And radioactive, yeah. Yes. But um, it was <laughs> – yeah, so now there's people out there as well. Yes. But they, they really spend no time on this at all. This is the main threat. Yes. The main threat are where, where we really don't know who these people are. Are they former residents? Well, that's they, what we're led to assume, but then it's something else later on, but we'll get into that later. But now they're getting picked off by these people that are eating them, I guess? Yes, yep, they are. But then they're not. Well, Yuri got eaten, obviously. Yuri got eaten. The blondes didn't get eaten. They found her later, and she was not eaten. Well, that's what got me. What the hell? Another big plot hole with her. Other than her big fucking tits. Oh, my God. Every time they showed her, those tits were front and center. <laughs> like, hello. Front and center. These it was are my amazing. tits. It was amazing. I was Every possible shot, those tits were, boom, there they are. I'm surprised they didn't get top billing. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, you know, she disappears uh, along with me, her uh, fiancé. The fiancé is never found again, but she is, and she's fine. Yes. How is she fine? I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. But you know God. who her? Do you know who her 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 fiance was? Aside from looking like Frankie Muniz, he did look like Frankie. Totally looked like Frankie Muniz. My God, you're right. No, he's Jesse McCartney. He's a pop singer. He has all he these should, cute little girl albums out. Like girl, I love stick to singing. Like, huh? Yeah, he, he should. should stick to singing. He really. But should. I'm looking at a picture of him. He's wearing so much lip gloss. It's really kind of sad. And. That means he's it a was bother. really bothering me. It was really bothering me. I'm like, why do you look so much like Frankie? Mo Are you his stunt double? I know. <laughs> well, first of Are all, I didn't think. In? I have to admit, I am totally shallow and a whore, and I will judge a movie based on how cute the actors are. And none of the actors really. I'm like, oh, they can all die. Well, I thought I thought the 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 asshole brother was the older brother relatively attractive so, and actually he was in the friday the 13th remake 
Was he? He was in, yeah, I checked IMDb. I was looking to see who these people were. He was in those group of kids that got knocked off in the first 15 minutes. All I remember is Jared in that movie. Jared. Oh, he's Jared. hot. <laughs> You're p- I can't pronounce his last name. I won't try it. Padalecki. Oh, God, stop that. Oh. Padalecki, Padalecki. Oh. Lecky, Padalecki, Padalecki. Oh. <laughs> Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> but this yeah i just i was getting really irritated because well just because they like i said they were not following through with anything no they weren't they weren't on this movie they had this mm, they're not showing what's following them enough and actually you never really get a good look you never do they look kind of Bald-headed mutanty, except for the kid who had a full head of hair, and they all wear no, black. That like a wig to me. That totally looked like a wig to me, which made it even fear. Well, that's what was okay. There's a scene. This is the only scary scene in the, the film. Only scary, and scene, we're not yeah. spoiling it because it's in the trailer along with the payoff. They're yes, in, they're they're getting into the the city proper. And you know, they stop to argue really loudly, like people always do in horror movies when they're trying to get away from people. Yep. Let's mm-hmm. stop running and be really loud so everybody knows where we are. And then all of a sudden, you know, ha- you know, a little bit away from them, they see that there's a child or a little small figure standing there. Becklet. It's got this crazy, you know, Yahoo serious hair. And you have no idea who that is, and that's okay. Uh, I, I know who that okay, is. Okay, well, you didn't even go. A child of the 80s. That's an Australian. Thank you. Thank you. And what I liked about it was, like, I couldn't tell which way the child was facing. Well, that's the thing. She was facing away, and that was, that's what was creeping me out. Like, why isn't the child watching them like, like so they're, a they're calling child, child the, the, the brother can speak some Russian, so he's speaking to the child, trying to just find out if it's okay or what it wants. And I'm going, is it facing? Is it turning away? But it's completely motionless. And I started to think, that's a mannequin. Oh, that's good, too. That's a test dummy, or that's from a store. And then I realized, because, you know, Tits Magoo got left behind. I'm like, ah, it's bait. It's bait, yep. It's getting the rest of the group away so that the girl that's hurt gets left alone for a second, and bam, she gets nabbed. She does. She gets nabbed for some more off-camera violence. Oh, Lord. For an R-rated movie, there was really no violence in this at all. No, there really wasn't. Not at all. Uh, There was a couple gory elements, but they were just elements per se. Yes, it was after effects. It was leg wounds and and dead dogs and such. That that skin dog that was creepy. That was gross. It was one of the warnings. Yeah, when you show up to a place and there's a skin dog sitting on the door, go home. Yeah, yeah, don't go into the building. You know, they just had so many fucking warnings not to go. I mean, a you shouldn't be going there anyway. When somebody says, "Hey, let's go to Chernobyl," and you say, "Yes, you deserve whatever you get," but they go <laughs> to they, this guy's extreme tour is trying to get through one of the official checkpoints, which I guess normally he'll be able to do. But this day they say, "No, we're having maintenance." Which I wish had been explained better. Well, I kind of like my it. thing is is the the cannibaloid human underground dwellers. Yes, the chuds. The they chuds. um see reference back to another. Well, they were they're more above ground dwellers, so they were chods. <laughs> chods, but <laughs> they are never fully explained. They're kind of thrown off, explained at the end of the movie. Yeah, really but, toss off. But had had they ex- left better hints in the beginning of the movie i would have enjoyed it better mm-hmm. but um, as the main main monster slash villain isn't fully explained i'm like what the hell or scene 
I didn't mind Orsine. I, I, I'm, I dig that. I dig well, the creepiness of them. I dig the creepiness of it, but you have to give me something. Like, because I we don't have a story. I, we don't have a story to imagine what you look like. We don't have a visual for you at all, and we don't know what you do. I actually really liked the cinematography of it. A, a lot of the backlighting was just so creepy to me. Yeah, some of it. Then I, I just did, but it was starting to irritate me. I'm like, what? Do they, are they dead? Because they're moving like zombies, except when they don't want to. Yeah, they're slow, everyone, and then they're doing coordinated attacks, people. but then they're not. And it was weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, and and uh, and what am I trying to say here? Uh, distance love me skewed. I I love you so much. I My know. nipples are hard right now. <laughs> Both now. Both of them. All Both. Three of them. Normally, I just get. I, I you know. Because I'm like Barky Mark. I've got three nipples. Mark. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, one's <laughs> on my face. <laughs> but you see in the in that one scene, the Chernobyl reactors. They seem like they're a couple miles away. Yep. But then after about twenty minutes of running, all of a sudden they're there. Why are you running towards the reactors? They're like, oh my gosh, the ra- the Geiger counter is getting stronger. The radiation must be getting worse. I'm like, this is because you run into the reactors, you idiot. Try going in the woods. Oh lord, I did like the radioactive uh, poisoning makeup though. That was kind of good. Was I wish good. somebody's eyes had exploded. That would have been cool as well. Because yep. that guy deserved it. Because you know what this movie this movie is? What? You know what kind of movie this is, Scott? Bullshit. Yes, but also it's a this one bitch movie. <laughs> it really is. It's yeah. all that brother's fault. Everything it from is. start to finish. The last person anybody sees before they die, it's him. It's him. It's him. It's, <laughs> He's all the his one. Fault. <laughs> it's always his fault. Oh, excuse me. Can I ask you a question? Why is the brother, the younger brother, taking his girlfriend to Moscow to propose when they just left Paris, the city of love? What is up with that? I don't know. I, my friend and I were like, Moscow, really? You're going to propose in Moscow? Here's a wedding ring and a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> I shall give your father a cow and four hand-sized potatoes in exchange for your love. Jesus. Uh, uh, like I said, overall, wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but God, no. they just missed they missed the mark on it he several set up places. some wonderful moments, too. There's that one moment when they got out of the van. The guy says, wait a minute. Hold on. Did you guys hear that? And they stop for a few seconds. And he says, I don't hear anything. He's like, exactly. It's total silence. Total Just say, silence. let that soak in. And they did for about three seconds. I'm like, you could yeah. have let that roll. Or, or another thing, the picture. She took a picture. And she sees something. And, and she looks at the picture like two days later. Yes, she, she does. Sees, <laughs> she sees something in the window, and then it's another two days till she mentions it to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She, and then she said, oh, I mentioned – she's like, I saw <laughs> – I don't even give a shit. It was so stupid. But then they made it even stupider at the end because at the end, the two people that are left, you know, who are now falling apart from radiation because these idiots ran into the fucking nuclear reactor. Yes. So even if they get rescued, they're probably not going to survive anyway. No, no, they're dead already. They're no, dead. No, please. They're wa- Just yeah, like please. me watching they're, the movie. Yes. <laughs> and But the army shows up. Mm-hmm. I guess because they were doing their maintenance. Yes. And they figured out that these guys got in somehow. And well, I guess the maintenance was a cover-up story that these these 
radiation patients had escaped. Yes. Well, that's what we find out, that these people are radiation patients that have been, for some reason, imprisoned. Underneath Chernobyl. Underneath Chernobyl and are... But they're not dead. They're not dead, but they're all the same kind of crazy, and they're all mutant cannibalistic zombies because that happens with yeah, radiation all the time all, all the time. time and they're they're Number able to, but that they're able to breed since they had a baby one or a mannequin i don't know because they didn't tell but then you know what but of course what happens they shoot you know the, the army's just there to clean them up too yep yep mm-hmm. and then it's got this cheap ass ending you know they where the only re- the only reason they didn't shoot her on the spot is so that they could have the doctors could have that expository dialogue that we just gave you i couldn't agree more and then throw her into a cell with a bunch of hungry mutants. Yep. Don't they feed these people? I know they're patients, for Christ's sake, where we have to get rid of her because she knows about them. But the, and the, the, that's the other thing. When you see them, they're not like in patient gowns or anything. No, that's what I said. If they're escaped patients, they're all wearing black. Yeah. Because you're from a ninja hospital. Yes. A cannibalistic humanoid uh, radioactive ninja uh, ninja <laughs> <laughs> but you so know, that I old story to, <laughs> i would like to on air apologize to you then because if i don't want you to feel that i made you go see this movie well no you didn't make me but you it was definitely you know i wanted to talk i didn't i didn't have anything to talk about this week it's been so crazy over here with brad being in the hospital and i had been in the hospital and the show closing and all this other stuff and, um, yeah, I was thinking I might have to skip an episode. Wait, you were in a hospital? Yeah, well, I've already talked about this. I've did already talked about this at the beginning of the show. I did escape. I did escape. Are you, are you a cannibal now? Now? <laughs> I've been eating the meat of other people for many, many years. Slut. Thank you. That's Thank you like very that. much. But, you know, I should have known this was a bad – this was going to be a bad week, and I'll tell you why. On our, our closing performance, um, we had to do a line through. On your uh, closing I'm, performance? Yeah. Well, one of our actors, bless his heart, needed it. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And so you know, it wasn't a long show. So, you know, it's a 20-minute show. So, it, you know, line through takes 10 minutes, and I don't care. Keep it fresh, whatever. So we're doing it, and I – he, the guy who needed it actually wasn't even there. So our director was standing in for it. And I had this oh, whole thing. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. So it's really stupid. So the guy, I mean, so I have this part where I'm like running around being all crazy, like doing a little song and dance. And I end with, you know, a Jimmy Durante, ha-cha-cha-cha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ran over to her and I went, ha-cha-cha-cha-cha. And I farted. <laughs> and I tried to keep going. I try to keep going, and then I'm like, maybe nobody knows. I'm like, no, they totally knows that. There's nothing I could do. I couldn't even do a share of needles. I just moved my shoe. I scraped my shoe. Maybe that's all. No. Well, I didn't want to tell you, but I really did think your performance stank. <laughs> I thought it was a gas. <laughs> oh, good time. Yeah, and you're getting this for free, ladies and gentlemen. This is yeah. all for free. Brought to you every two weeks. We are professional actors, so you know you should be thankful for this. Did you get any good trailers? Did, uh, did I get any good trailers? Lord have mercy. I got the new Prometheus trailer. I didn't get that. And I got... I can't even think of what else I got. Nothing that really sprung to mind that I wanted to see. 
Uh, I got something called The Possession that looks pretty good. Oh, I didn't see that one. Although it's a ghost house movie, and those tend to be, eh, it's a Sam Raimi Presents. Oh, no, no, we did see that. Yes, because we were going, oh, Sam Raimi. That's right. We did see that one. Yeah, and I said, oh, it's the Dippick again. Did nobody that's- learn? Did nobody learn from the unborn? That's right, because we were saying uh, an exorcist on the roof. Yes, an exorcist on the roof. <laughs> Possession. 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 <laughs> oh, and that creepy shot of the fingers down her throat. That oh. was gross. Yeah. Gross. That looks like it's got potential. Yeah. I saw something. There was something else. Uh, 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 uh. No, nope, can't remember. Savages looks good. We saw a trailer for that. Saw that, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not a big Oliver Stone fan. No, me neither am I, but that one looks fun. His movies are too long. <laughs> they are too long. They are too long. Although you can see me in his last one. So Really? Yes, I'm in Wall Street too. Alright, I'm gonna go rent it tonight. Yeah, don't blink. Oh, okay. I'll bet you're a dollar to a blowjob that you can't find me. <laughs> oh my god, wait, that's got Shia LaBeouf in it, doesn't it? It does. It's actually a really I'm terrible sorry. movie. I'm sorry, no, I will not rent it. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't subject that to you. Who did he blow to get a career? I don't know. He he boofed somebody. Oh, and first of all, let's go for the, his name. The Beef, really? <laughs> the Beef. Oh. The Beef. The Beef. The he beef does is not on have enough muscle on his twinky chicken little body I know. to be called the beef. I know, I know. I'm sorry, tangent. It's okay. No, it's not. Just let it out. Oh, God, how did he? And oh, I blame, oh, 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 and can we talk about Taylor Kitsch? Who? Now it's called the Kitsch of Death after John Carter and Battleship. Oh, oh, poor thing, poor thing, poor thing. But <laughs> He's pretty at least. He's, hey, it's not his fault. It's not. John Carter, I thought, was okay. I actually, I have to, I'll say it right here. I loved it. I, I had a great time. I, I thought it was marketed I, horribly because I saw the, the trailers and I said, I don't know what that's about. Had I not gotten a free screening through SAG, I would not have gone. We went because we're uh, nerds. I, we're nerds, yeah. So yeah. we know what John Carter is. So hell yes, we're going to go see a, a movie about a century-old novel. Yeah, why not? Uh-huh. And I haven't seen Battleship yet. I saw a free screening of Battleship. It's loud. It's stupid. I hear it's an orgasm to Michael Bay. It is. Uh, but I went in with no expectations, and I had a really good time. And I think I made fun of it already. Is Taylor shirtless in it? Everybody's shirtless in it constantly. Well, then I will go see it. I will go see it. And Rihanna's awful. Although I have to give it, give her credit. She went two hours without everyone's karate chopping her vagina. Oh, <laughs> Although one part, she's getting the crap beaten out of her from some, by some alien from space in this metal suit, and he's just punching her in the face with these metal things. She's just getting right back he, up Chris like no Brown? problem. Like she was in training with Chris Brown. Yeah, right. Exactly. She was in training. That's what that was. She was butching up. But she's of course, so bad. you know what she's movie so I'm waiting to see? What? It's going to be me and a Costco sized can of Crisco, Magic Mike. <sighs> it may not be scary, but I'm going to do scary. I think it's scary now. <laughs> I think it's scary now. Oh, Channing, my future ex-boyfriend. I can't, I can't, I can't be excited by anyone whose first name is a verb, <laughs> <laughs> or makes me think of Carol. Yes, exactly. Hi, I'm here to do a strip tease for you. <laughs> corn. I don't remember eating <laughs> corn. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's a secret. It's, I'm not putting any of this in the show. It's always been a secret fantasy of mine to see Carol Channing play the MC in Cabaret. <laughs> Welcome in yeah. the avenue. Welcome. <laughs> Strangers. <laughs> Who knows tonight we may lose the battle. And then well, the other thing that just makes the part of that that makes me very happy is just it's two ladies. Where the other two ladies are like, I do the cooking and I do make the bed. I tour with Jolly and Will until I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish I was recording this for my show. <laughs> I would totally put this whole segment oh, into honey, my show. Honey, I'll have to come on your sh- Oh, honey, I got a whole- We used to do this backstage, Betty Davis and Into the Woods. It's the last midnight. <laughs> it's the last guest. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to choke to death. Oh, yeah, I have that effect on people. Oh, God. Just What's relax. Like? Just try to act like you're singing a low note. Let it go down. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> All right. You You're bastard. terrible, Muriel. Okay, let's wrap this puppy up. Scott, thank you very much for this exciting oh, trip you. to the Forbidden Patrick, Zone. Thank you for having me. I love when you have me on the show. Or in. Ooh, stop. No, Orin. Orin Pell. Isn't that the guy who did this movie? Orin? That is. <laughs> well done. Good night, Scott. Thanks. Good reach around there. <laughs> Даже если вам немного за тридцать, есть надежда выйти замуж за принца. Солнце всем на планете одинаково светит, и принцессе и простой проводнице. Да мы же с вами слава богу не дети. Ой, не нужны мне мама ваши советы. Ух, я б его покорила, я б его приручила и без вашей этикетки этикетов. Commenting on the last show that you just put out, the birthday show. Yes. Uh, I think I got you on Facebook, but just in case, happy birthday in case I missed you. I'll take you um, as many times as you can take. Love hearing me. the little village what? people story. Uh, I did, um, I looked up to see what information there was about that guy, and I saw that also that he had had a different name than the one you originally said, Frank, but then you corrected yourself at the end, yeah. so then I... I saw what was going on, um, and I saw that he died of lung cancer. He was only 50 years old. I know. So uh, he wasn't, you know, he was a relatively young guy, but I can't imagine a 
what he looked like by then. Anyway, I would never also enjoyed the the Carvel references, like Cookie Puss, <laughs> 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 Cookie Puss, and Fudgy the Whale. Yeah, we had Carvels in Baltimore. They're very popular. Don't forget Hug uh, Me, the bear. We walked to from my neighborhood, so we were there quite a bit. Oh, yeah, me and too. And we had the exact same guy that you played on your commercial. Well, of course, it's uh, Tom Carvel. Same voice. The old, like, uh, I always thought he sounded sort of like an old cantankerous Jewish guy. Well, he was. Um, well, good, good I also air. I enjoyed your Smith's uh, song after playing the, uh, the, um, Unhappy we're talking birthday. about that. That birthday movie, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember what the name of it is off the top Unhappy of my head. Birthday, same as the Smith song. Oh, Unhappy Birthday, duh, duh. is the name of the song. Um, anyway, yeah, that sounds like a cool movie. I'm going to check that out on Netflix, so thanks for the recommendation. You're welcome. And um, I did want to tell you also that I just watched a little gem on TV the other day yes. on Netflix called To the Devil, a Daughter. Oh. Uh, Christopher Lee. I cannot okay. for the life of me remember the name of the, the star of it. It's a it's a, it's a fairly well-known actor who's deceased now, but I, his name escapes me. Um, Richard and a, a young Natasha what? Kinski. Uh, what? I think it was done in 76, 79, uh-huh. something like that, somewhere in that era. Uh-huh. Um, your typical British um, occult, uh, devil-worshipping cult sort of movie. Uh, it was fun. It was not the best thing. It sort of uh-uh. was all over the place in the beginning, but I enjoyed uh-huh. it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I guess it's sort of worth checking out if you like that genre. If you don't, don't bother. Sure, yeah. Anyway, you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, sweetie. Well, Jay, I got to tell you, I just caught To the Devil a Daughter, a Daughter? To the Devil a Daughter a couple of months ago, and it didn't do a lot for me. Most of it because of that guy. That guy who I think, I want to say his name is Richard Widmore. But everything I've seen him in, he just always plays a dick and he's a piece of wood just his characters are always pricks unsympathetic pricks and he's just just withdrawn and emotionally looks like a toad and i never understood his appeal and in this year playing the sympathetic lead and i just kept waiting for him to not be the sympathetic lead because normally he plays like a gangster or something like that um but it didn't do much for me it was okay the end didn't make any sense i don't know well there's that I was surprised at the orgy scene. I'm like, <gasps> Hammer House of Horror has gone too far. But not far enough. Show me more. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, hey, so good luck with your podcast, uh, Life on the Shit List. And as you said, that was L-O-T-S-L on iTunes. I have that written down here, and I'll be checking that out as soon as I can. And I see you called back in, Trey. So, uh, Trey. Oh, my God. I see you called back in, Jay. And I will talk to you, and I play the hit the record button in about 10 seconds. Why did I just get weird? I don't know. Why am I always weird? Shut up! Hey, Patrick, it's Jay the Hong Kong calling Oh my back. God, it's and Jay I the totally Hong Kong. I forgot to make the point that I was going to make about uh, the village people. Yes. I just thought it was interesting that uh, you told that story, and we just lost two titans of the disco era. I know. Summer and... Uh, yeah, Robin Gibb. Robin Gibb. It's also <laughs> painful to talk about. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of uh, timely. Yes. Although, I'm not sure when you actually taped the show. So maybe I am not sure either. happened at the time, but I just wanted to bring that up. It's all anyway, big blur. Take care. Bye. Yeah, uh, Jay, thank you for calling back in about the Village People story because I forgot to talk about the Village People at all. Like, I don't talk about them enough. But um, something else had happened in that car that night with the leather man in the backseat. We were driving through the uh, Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, and he started talking about, like, man, I used to work in these toll booths 
This was the worst job, just breathing the exhaust all day. And I'm thinking, hey, that's probably, you know, probably doesn't help you with your lung cancer. And then I thought, oh my God, that's just how they met him and can't stop the music. He was singing Danny Boy while, at the, while working at the Tobos in the Brooklyn Bradley Branch. Oh my God, life imitating art, art imitating life. I'm so gay. And yeah, Donna Summer and Robin Gibb both died. And it was a rough week for disco fans. And the thing is with Donna Summer, it's a bittersweet thing because, you know, she said horrible things about the gay community. Was more than happy to exploit us and take our money, but said horrible things about us. But God damn it, we never turned her back on us. We, we never really turned our back on her because bitch made some amazing dance music. That much said, thank you for calling, Jay. Talk to you soon. Patrick, hey, it's Betty. Hey, Betty. Calling in with a little bit of feedback for you on episode 57 yeah. where you read uh, the story Mrs. Lumley's Mask yes. by R.K. Combrink, yes. part of the Urban Nightmares Anthology and apparently Mr. Combrink is part of Night of the Living podcast that is. which is a podcast that Derwood and I have listened to a long time ago but it just didn't catch us the way others did um, but we might go back and give that another go Fair enough. Um, but this guy is a great writer, and I, know, I thought right? he did an awesome job reading it. Oh. Um, the editing was flawless. I couldn't find where you edited. Um, I can't believe you could read it all in one take, so uh, good job on the editing. Or yes, yes, Really great job totally. on the reading. Um, but I liked the way that you um, emoted uh, your step, step, wait. Step, step, wait. <laughs> when the old lady was walking up the steps, that was fantastic. And Thank when the you. girl imagined the uh, masks whispering at her when she thought, I'm not afraid of you. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I think you are. We think you are. Thank really good stuff, Patrick. Really good. Um, so, yeah. And I like the uh, music. I'd like to know where that came from. That is it also sounds Mr. really Combrick. original and very atmospheric and... Uh, it's simple but effective. So I'd like to know where that comes from. So that would be from Kelly. Please tell me. Um, we liked how uh, the story started and ended with that dining room table with all the scars on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. At first, she's wondering, oh, I wonder how many dinner parties and happy times and silverware and dinnerware that was dragged across it to make all those scratches. And then we find out later that's not what made the scratches at all. No. So we like that. And um, as far as the story, I just thought it was very, very well written. This guy's a great writer. Uh, so much detail that you could see everything that was going on. I could see it in my mind's eye. Um, just the descriptions of the rooms mm-hmm. and the masks and the characters. Just very, very well done. Um, and uh, I liked his some of his phrases. I wrote a few of them down because they struck me as really great um one was when the old lady gets in the room with the masks and instead of being feeble and tottering around <laughs> she starts um moving around like an agile crab like an agile crab is uh, a great phrase and i think that would be a good name for a band totally oh really good love it and then also um he's uh, when he's talking about the masks themselves and how the pile of them sprawled where it liked I like that a lot, and that empty eye sockets regarded her with indifference. Really good stuff. And um, But at the same time, he provides a lot of detail, but he also leaves a lot to the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, he, When Chrissy is looking through the pile of Polaroids that she finds in the envelope with the needles and the dunce cap, um, it, he says what they are, but 
He leaves a lot to your own imagination. Oh, yeah. He really doesn't say a lot, but your no, own he doesn't. mind definitely fills in the blanks. And I think that's genius. So, um, very good story, very good imagery, uh, very nice ending, and I just enjoyed it overall. So, darn the dunce. What a fun game. Yay! It's the hell out of a game of Scrabble, I guess. <laughs> See you, Patrick. Okay, thank you, Betty, for this call. Um, as always, but 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 where where is your cohort, your your partner in crime, the yin to your yang? Where is Durwood? Because you see, I yes, I miss him. We all miss him. But I'm just concerned if you're not with him, he's got to be getting into some wicked kind of trouble, you know. And you're just gonna be embarrassed later. Just keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him. He's He's probably out putting the dur in Durwood. But yeah, Kelly's story is a hoot. I, I, I liked it when I first read it. And I read it a thousand times putting it together. And, you know, listen to it even more, editing it all together. And the more I listened and the more I read, the more I caught. There's so much subtlety in the detail, whether it's intentional or not, is amazing. There was a rule when I was at... When I, <laughs> when I was getting my really useful English degree, that when it comes to short stories, there's a, there's a rule that you can't have any extraneous material. No extraneous plot points, no extraneous anything. You can't like spend two pages talking about, I don't know, the carousel in the park, unless the carousel in the park is going to be very important. And in this, every single detail he mentions does come back into play in the end. And I think that's really cool. Um... And yes, he did the music as well. Uh, Kelly, or RK, depending on who you're talking to, is a musician. He used to be in a band called Pike, like the fish, P-I-K-E. And and even though Kelly's not with the band anymore, you can check out what he's done with them and what they're continuing to do. If you head on over to www.pikerocks.com, P-I-K-E-R-O-C-K-S. Um... <laughs> I don't mean to keep harping on Durwood not being there, but it's funny to listen to you that listen to you talk about the two of you listening to the story when he's not there because you keep saying, we found that part at the end to be very frightening. We thought his inclusion of the dining room table bookending the story was very eerie because it sounds like you're the queen. Now, it sounds like you're using the royal way. We are not amused. And that just makes me happy. But um, anyway, I'm glad you like it, and I'm glad you called in about it because it makes me happy when my guest hosts get, or you know, my guest contributors get the loving that they've earned and deserve. And thank you so much for 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 the feedback for me as well, because this is something I would like to do again and possibly try and make a career out of it. I think I might be reaching out to, you know, I got to clear this with my union and figure out how to get around it. But you know, reaching out to all these folks who I meet at Horror Hound Weekend and stuff, who are self-published or uh, teeny tiny publishing companies that know, you know, talking book company, talking book, audio book company is going to want to touch. And I figure maybe I'll touch them for a fee. Thanks, Betty and Durwood, wherever you are. Hey, Patrick, it's Justin from the UK from Theory Continues um, podcast. Um, and just say I'm glad you enjoyed your plugging, um, and uh, I hope we uh, have much plugging in the future. Um, oh yes! Uh, finally, again to say, of course, how much I enjoy the show, um, especially your Friday Thirteenth recollections. Um, yes, you know they are hugely entertaining, um, and it's part of memory actually for for me because 
I think we're roughly around the same age. I but, believe you're um, right. In the UK, uh, you have to be had to be 18 to see the Friday 13th films, and they were kind of X-rated, but not as in porno, but just um, right, that's, that's what they were in the UK, which meant you had to be over 18. So mm-hmm. I didn't get to see any of the Friday 13th films at the cinema, even though I really, really wanted to see them, and I was longingly looking at the posters from the school bus oh, every time the they were up, so Friday 13th, part one, two, three, onwards and onwards, and people... Um, older brothers and sisters went to see them and I was very, very jealous. But um, it just reminded me, the first horror film I saw at cinema was meant to be Halloween 3 um, oh. in, when was that, 82 or so? 82, um, 83. So. Um, and we went to see, I went there with my cousin and uh, we got to cinema and it was so unpopular, they'd actually <gasps> taken it off. So we had to go and see uh. Quest for Fire, which is that kind of uh. caveman uh. movie. And now the reason it stuck in my head was that um, when we went into the cinema, it, the film had started and it was pitch black and uh, there was just a kind of flickering from the screen. And because I was really wound up, I really wanted to see a horror movie and I, I couldn't. And we were seeing Quest of Fire, so I was a bit disappointed. But I was still kind of quite wound up. And we were feeling our way across the, um, the aisle uh-huh. and I, put my, I tripped and put my hand on this man's head <gasps> and his hair came off in my hand and it was obviously a toupee no! and I was so horrified oh, no. I screamed like a girl a really high pitched squeal <laughs> um, and then to make matters worse, worse I kept on trying to put this hair back on his head <laughs> and he was slapping me away and I sat behind him for the whole film and him turning around <laughs> touching and looking at me and I was a bright shade of scarlet um, and so I've never forgotten that so your memories are going to Friday 13th films have just brought back that hideously embarrassing moment when I was about 13 years old so but I'm looking forward to hearing more and more of them and hearing um, what else you've got got planned and um, yes I wish we'll do some more plugging so uh, keep it up Patrick Justin you dirty dirty little piece of something Thank you for calling in. Yes, Justin is from the Hysteria Continues podcast. And yes, I have to apologize to you, Justin, because every time I have plugged you, every time, even if you've enjoyed it, I've plugged you wrong. I keep saying the Hysteria Lives podcast because that's the website Justin used to write for or probably still writes for that has now spawned off into its own podcast it's combined with the body count continues and if you put the body count continues with hysteria lives you get the body no you don't it gets confusing i'm no good at math is what i'm saying no wonder i can't plug you right just sit still stop wiggling or it's never gonna work (laughs) anyway yes we are roughly the same age i figured that out a while ago there's a lot we have in common and now we have something else in common justin because I, too, have pulled the toupee off somebody accidentally. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it? I was horrified. I mean, it was, hor- it was bad enough that the man's embarrassed, and, and I'm embarrassed, you're embarrassed, but just, it, just the whole thing was awful. There's no, there's no coming back from that on either side. And the fact you did it in the dark, in a movie theater, in a place that you know someone thinks they're safe and isolated, and then all of a sudden there's this attack by some child... Wearing a sushi and the Banshee's t-shirt, ripping off my wig. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then he has to step behind him and watch the, the glare of the movie f- projector flickering on the back of his ball skull. Oh, God. That is horror. You didn't see a horror movie, but you got horror in real life. My story was equally as bad. I was, I was older. I was bartending at the time and uh, at this piano bar, a uh, gay piano bar on Long Island. And I, 
one of the bar. I was off duty this particular day. I came in, and one of my regular customers saw me. Was like Patrick, and I'm like person whose name I'm not saying on the show right now. And he came running over, and he's like fake mauling me. And I'm like fake pushing him back, and I pushed him back, and I pushed him back, and I put my hand on his head, and that wig just went <laughs> right off of my hand. And Justin, I don't know how you felt. I thought I killed him. I thought his scalp came off in my hand, and that his brain was going to start pulsating all over the floor of the bar. And unfortunately, that was the end of our friendship, which I understand because he was humiliated so badly because I, there was no amount of convincing him that I did not do it on purpose. But I didn't. If friends from the bar... You know who you are. That rhymed. Who I embarrassed horribly a certain night in May. It was not on purpose, and it still haunts me. Even though I'm laughing about it, it was a horrible, horrible thing. And Justin, I'm sure you agree with me. It's a funny story, but it's not at the same time. And you know why it's not a funny story? Because that is the sort of thing where the person comes back in 20 years and kills you all and all of your friends at some holiday weekend getaway. Am I right? Or am I right? Of course I'm right. Thank you for calling, Justin, and I am anxiously, I am positively dripping, awaiting my next plugging. Dirty bird. Bye. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? It's Tony from Huntington, New York. Just hey, calling Tony! To wish you and Mr. Brad a belated uh, happy birthday. Hey, thank As you. As a matter of fact, uh, next Friday, June 1st, I'm going to hit the big 4-7, so hey. uh, a big happy birthday for us all. You and Mr. Brad can go knitting. Well, and, you know, I'm glad uh, to hear you guys. I'm still listening to you on my commute into the city uh, every weekday. And, uh, you know, uh, one of your callers mentioned uh, earlier uh, the innkeepers on the last episode. Yes. And uh, I'm kind of interested in uh, learning more about uh, ghost story movies. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, The Legend of Hell House. And, oh. Uh, I'm going to watch The Woman in Black eh. this weekend. And, uh, you know, I've got a few things on DVD about ghost stories, and I'm, and I'm looking for recommendations about if there's any... Uh, Good ghost story movies. I've seen The Changeling mm -hmm. and uh, The Entity and all that stuff. But if anybody has any recommendations, I'd like to hear about it. Uh, but uh, I wish you uh, a very happy birthday and uh, great to listen to you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Tony, Denison of my birth and grounds. It was really good to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in ages. Where have you been? Gosh, and happy birthday. Yay, even though you're a Gemini. Normally I don't get along with Geminis, but you never know. Just make up your mind! Stop those two heads talking to each other. Make up your mind. But anyway, ghost story movies. Yeah, that, this you, you've got good ones all lined up. Uh, Woman in Black is, is iffy for me, but um, Hell House is great. Hell House is fantastic. And I don't know what you've seen, but you really cannot go wrong with the original Haunting. Not the remake. The 1963 Haunting, based on the, uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Not Hell House, but Hill House. That gets all confusing. But uh, Absentia's good. That's on, that's on Netflix, as is the movie I just talked about, possibly today, or maybe I didn't. If I didn't talk about it, the movie is called The Echo. I, I enjoyed it. You know, it doesn't reinvent the ghost story, but I still enjoyed it. And hey, listeners, this is when I put calls out to you. What is your favorite ghost story movie? Help a screamer out. What's kept you up at night's? Looking at that slightly opens closet door, wondering what that noise was. Was that a voice? No, it couldn't be a voice. A footstep? No! It's just the wind. 
But that little voice inside keeps telling you, it's not the wind. And that voice is right. Just kidding. Anyway, please call in, write in, help Tony out. What's a good ghost story movie? What's your, no, what's your favorite ghost story movie? Thanks for calling, Tony. Wait a minute, Tony called again. Hold on. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? It's Tony from Huntington again. I hey, ended again. my first message a little early because uh, I had a few beers and uh, I'm not used to calling in and leaving messages on podcasts. But <laughs> That's the best reason in any case, to I, uh, end early. One of the things you mentioned in your last podcast really struck home with me was about uh, you're waiting for the 7 train while you were really high huh? at Grand Central. And, yes. Uh, I grew up in Flushing, so oh. the 7 train was my line. And uh, I can really relate. And as far as, like, uh, hallucinating and stuff like that, you know, I, I can recall a time when I was kind of hit by a car. What? And uh, suffered a severe sprained ankle. And oh, no. uh, following that, uh, my brother got me really high, and uh, my sprained ankle started talking to me. What? But, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that's probably uh, really weird another story. Uh, but uh, getting back to the last podcast... Um, that at the end was, uh, was that your birthday party at the very end, kind of like after the end credits, uh, when there was a piano and the singing of modern love and all that stuff. Wow. If that was the case, it sounds like you had a great birthday party. Uh, but I'm, uh, like I mentioned, I'm hitting 47, uh, next week and, uh, you know, I'm kind of a grown up, but I feel really great because I'm into, you know, Horror and uh, computer games and comics mm-hmm. and all that stuff that I feel weird about being into sometimes when I go into my corporate environment during <laughs> the day. Uh, but it's great to listen to your podcast every week, uh, Patrick, and I hope you, Mr. Brad, well. Thank you. And I'll uh, hopefully hear from you soon. Take care, guys. You'll Bye. hear from me right about now. Oh, Mr. Tony, being drunk is the best possible reason for you to forget what you were talking about and have to call back. Much better than going over the buzzer. Right, Jay? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm glad that you can identify with that story that I told during that last episode about what happened at Grand Central Station. Well, what happened to the character in that monologue that I wrote that wasn't me. Remember, that wasn't a story about me. That was somebody like me who had that experience. And I was just, you know, well, if it rung true, then my writing must be very good. Yes, indeed. And when your body parts start talking to you, of course, now in my head, all I'm seeing is... <laughs> I'm picturing you looking down at your leg, and your leg just like, Sarait! Sarait! <laughs> oh, God! Okay, and you know, who cares how old you are? If you're young on the inside, if you, you... Stay immature as long as you possibly can. It keeps you young. I don't care what anybody else says. You can grow up on the outside. As long as you don't grow up on the inside, you'll be fine. Just look at me. I plan on being the biggest immature asshole at the old folks' home. Thank you very much. Oh, to answer your question about that outro music from last time, um, now, I talked about, you know, that group we went to see, the cabaret show called Gasshole, where they do the really cool mashups of pop music. That, that, that's kind of what they sound like, Tony, because, you see, I couldn't and wouldn't play any of Gasshole's recordings because they are, you know, there's so many songs involved. Their, the rights would be so astronomical, I would hate to get them into trouble. So that was somebody like Gasshole, but that was not Gasshole. 
And speaking of people who are not the people that they're supposed to be, I was working on this other monologue about that same character who got high and hallucinated at, at um, Grand Central. Yeah, this was, would have happened much, much earlier in this person's life, and he had been at a party, and a joint was being passed around. And he had a few hits of the joint and passed it along. And, you know, when it came back, he had some more and some more. And then he started to feel odd, not the right kind of odd. And this character turned to his friend and said, Whose pot was this? The friend said, Why? I said, I think it might be laced with something. I'm feeling a little strange. And as he was saying this, this man that he was admiring from across the room, all of a sudden this man's head turned into a bat, ripped off of his body and flew away. And I said, never mind, I think I've got my answer. I mean, he said that, Tony, Tony, yes, thank you for calling in. Girl. Hey, Patrick, this is Trey. I'm just calling Trey. to wish you a late, happy birthday. Yay! I know, I'm sorry, I didn't call last week. Um, you were asking me to call in, and Oops. I was on vacation that week, and I decided just, I was going to unplug myself from the rest of the world because I needed to, but I'm calling now. Hope you had a great birthday. I um, had a damn I wanted to call one. a little bit about bloody birthday, but first, I also wanted to call in to add um, myself to the people who love the Hysteria Continues podcast. I've listened Yay! to it for not quite a year now, and I love it. Not as much as I love Scream Queens, but it's very good, and everyone should check it out. Um, Bloody Birthday. You and Robert nailed it on the head. It was a TV <laughs> movie. It had a weird little vibe, but it was kind of cool. It wasn't quite a slasher film. kind of felt like a really weird um, Wonder Woman 70s maker TV show. Yeah, that would have been awesome. And one thing that you <gasps> said that I want to elaborate on was that you hated these kids. Uh-huh. I hated them, too, and I think I know why. Um just like you have mentioned before, I was picked on a lot while I was growing up for being a gay kid. Uh-huh. Um, and there's nothing quite as mean and malicious as an 11 year old. Oh, please. 11 year olds can yes. be hateful, spiteful little fucks. Horrible, horrible. And this age. movie really captured that. These kids were horrible. And there honestly is nothing quite as chilling to me as a spiteful 11 year old with a gun. Yeah, and yeah, this movie just, these kids were horrible. And it kind of pushed a little bit of buttons with me, even though it was so cheesy. So yeah, a bloody birthday, it doesn't camp value, but if you like evil kids, it's, it, in its own weird way, it touches on something. And also, I want to give I a recommendation, kind of an offshoot, if you like evil kid movies, there's a really nifty little British horror movie that came out a couple years ago called The Children. Yes. It's um, on DVD under the After Dark banner, but don't let that scare you. It's, no, it's no, not too bad. Stuff um, family has Christmas, you know, all the family gets together, it's nice and snowy, and a virus is, it turns all the kids into killers. And so the parents have to realize that to survive, they may have to kill their own kids. Mm. And it doesn't shy away from violence against kids. No, it, it gets doesn't. a little uh, repetitious at the end with the last act is basically one chasing after the other. But it's, yeah. it's not too bad. And one of the actors who, who plays the sexy uncle who owns the house uh, is an openly gay actor. So oh. that was kind of nice. But yeah, That's the children, nice. I'd recommend it. You know, I've, I've done a recommendation before, been against the wall and you liked it. Somebody, if you want to leave me against the wall a second time and try out the children. Anyway, I hope you had a nice birthday, um, and I will talk to you later. Bye. You filthy trollop. You slutty piece of street trash. How dare you? How dare you? Oh, you already bent me over the wall, but you can bet me over again. You pig! You gluttonous pig! I've already seen the children. No bend over for you. Ever! God! No, I saw The Children a long time ago. It was an interesting movie. I wouldn't mind seeing it again because, uh, 
I it didn't grab me in the first half because all everybody did was bicker. Like I found the adults really, really irritating and hard to understand, but I didn't see it on DVD and I couldn't turn on the subtitles. So uh, that might have helped because I just remember going, God, could something happen because I can't stand any of these people. But when the action got going, it was disturbing. I will give you that. And it did go haywire in the last act. And you know what? Is this the fucking Hysteria Continues jerk-off podcast all of a sudden? It's all anybody fucking talks about. I like him too. I love him to paces, but when you're going to call to my show, you rave about me, goddammit. I can have a cat flushing the toilet too, you know. But I won't, because that's theirs. By all means, they can have it. Uh, thank you for calling Trey and stirring up all this controversy. And you know, when I start yelling at my guests and calling them whores, it is time to wrap this puppy up for another week. Oh, yeah. So if you want to be like all these super cool people who helped kick up the class level of this podcast from trashy to fabulous, you can give me a call at 347-767-3509. You can write me at crew at screamqueens.com, and that's queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook, you can follow me on Twitter, and hey, you can write me a review over in the iTunes store. Hey, remember I was, you know, last week I was talking about, yeah, I really want to get up to 30 reviews by the end of the summer, and I was at 23 last week, and I'm very excited to announce that this week I am at 23. Really? That hurts daddy's feelings. But that's okay, I still love you, because... Well, I just do. I can't help myself. I wish I could quit you. No, I really don't, actually. So in the following weeks, I don't know what's going on again because everything's crazy still. I'm, I'm involved in a cabaret show. I'm uh, helping out my friend Jimmy Haran, who is doing a showcase of his music, and that's going to be in two weeks at the Lori Beachman Theater. Um, I have no idea what dates it is, but <laughs> at the time being. So in rehearsals for that, I'm going to that, that uh, chorus event in Denver, at the beginning of July, I'm scheduled for surgery. All these crazy things are going on, so things are up in the air. If you're following on the Facebook fan page, which is called Screamers, the official Scream Queens uh, fan page, you will know what I'm watching as I'm watching it. Because I'm try- I, like- I-, I know you guys like to play along at home. I like it when you guys play along at home. But it's hard these next couple of weeks. So, by all means, head on over there and join that way you'll get the ends, and you can continue to play with yourself at home. I mean, play along. Well, hell, play with yourself at home, too. I don't really care what you do. Just have fun doing it, and as long as nobody gets hurt. Or if somebody gets hurt, please take photos. So, as always, until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, You know what? My doctor just told me that I should stop smoking and drinking. Well, I told him... That he should stop trying to suck his own dick, bitch. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Heads up, goes Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs> Fellas, I want to know if I can talk to you for just a minute. 
Now, there's a certain kind of fella that I want to talk to this evening. I want to talk to all these little dick-ass motherfuckers running around here who think they got a big dick. Now, if you think you got a big dick and you can tear a piece of pussy up, then let me hear you. Uh-huh. Just as I thought, not one motherfucking word. Well, my name is Sweet Pussy Pauline, and I got a story that I want to share with you this evening. Is it okay? Now, I recently had an incident. This motherfucker climbed up on top of me, the littlest dick you ever seen in your motherfucking life. He had the unmitigated gall girls to look into my pretty brown eyes and say, Am I hurting you? I was like, hurting me? Motherfucker, you are tickling me. Get the fuck up off me, leave the coins on the dresser, and hit the door. I don't have to put up with that shit. Girls, you know what I mean? Ain't you tired of these little dick-ass motherfuckers coming up to you trying to waste your time? Knowing that you're looking good, nice little ass back there. But you see, let me tell you something, girls. A lot of these motherfuckers see us walking by. They want to put their face in our asses and go, but they don't know how to ask. I recently met this motherfucker. He comes by my house. We're sitting up there drinking a little wine and cocktails. We go to the bedroom. This motherfucker takes off his shirt. He had the nerve to be standing up there flexing this narrow ass chest with these miniature ass shoulders. I had to clean my eyes out and ask, motherfucker, is you still there? But we get on down to the waistline. I mean both waistlines because it looked like he had two. Then he slide the pants on off, but he kind of turn around. Now, ass is okay if you're into that sort of thing, but you know what? It's what's up front that counts. So he turned around kind of slow. Oh, shit. Wait a minute, my, mm-hmm, girl, ooh, shit. Wait a minute, motherfucker. Where the fuck that club come from? Do you play baseball? Motherfucker, I know you ain't gonna put all that in me. Girls, you should have seen this motherfucker. Big old hateful, notorious club, girls. Woo! But I said, come on. Girls, I put one leg on the nightstand and the other one just across the dresser. This motherfucker took 15 steps back to dive in this good hot pussy. Woo shit. Oh. Girls, I commenced the screaming. Woo! Work this pussy, you big, ugly, bean-eating ass son of a bitch. You! Oh, girls. Wait a minute. Girls, I then changed positions. I put one leg on the ceiling and the other one just across the closet door. Oh, fuck me. Oh, just fuck this pussy. Just tear it up like newspaper because it ain't built right no way. Oh, shit. Oh, motherfucker, just work this pussy over. Woo, girls. Girls, then I took it doggy style. Oh, motherfucker. Oh. Oh. Oh, motherfucker, just fuck me. Oh. Oh. Oh, fuck me, my. Oh, my. Woo. Oh. 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 Next. 